happy new year and welcome home to to church here at voice of praise this is gonna be our last next time i see you guys it'll be next year you think about it uh you know i know you've been standing a while but but i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna ask you all to do this if you can i won't i won't have you stand but just just a just a brief moment if everybody can uh if you'll if you can stand you may need to hold on to the back of the pew you know if you're if you're a little bit unstable uh, you know, but while you're standing now, and if you have to hold on, please do so. I want everybody to lift up your left foot. Now, now, now what this means is you're getting started on the right foot into the next year. Okay? You've done it in church, so you can be seated. So thank you for being here today. Yeah. 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 And some of us, some of us this morning, not to break the spirit of the service, but, you know, you know, for can you get a close up of that on camera, Dave? I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. Probably not. But uh, that's that's a Virginia Tech Hokie sock, and uh, I celebrate with all you West Virginia fans too. And uh, we had a good bowl week, didn't we? But you know what? If if they had both got beat to death like Florida State did yesterday, we'd still be blessed, wouldn't we? Because God's blessing doesn't hinge on football games, even though they are fun. Well, this morning, as we've already established, it is the the end of the year. It's it's today is the day. Uh, I I think it's safe for me to say, with the exception of maybe Asher and uh, maybe another one or two in the in the room, most of us in the room today have at uh, least witnessed the turning of one new year in the past. Have any of y'all ever been through New Year's before? Yeah, yeah. Some of y'all have have been through several of them. Okay, I'm getting through more of them all the time. So we're less than 24 hours away from that happening again. Wow. Millions upon millions of people. They're probably no doubt they're already selling the New Year, celebrating the New Year in other parts of the world. But millions upon millions of people over the next 24 hours are whatever, however that equates, are going to be celebrating the New Year's in uh, a variety of ways, okay? Uh, uh, I saw some some of our uh, acquaintances are headed to Northern Virginia on Amtrak last night. They were going up to celebrate New Year's at the White House, I guess. Uh, some people are in New York City. Uh, I saw some, one of my friends posted on social media, they would be celebrating New Year's in their pajamas on the couch. Okay? So different different people are doing things different ways. And that's okay. It's all right. All sort of promises and, and, and self-commitments are going to be made. You may already made some yourself. The bad part about it is most of those are short-lived. Within 30 days, uh, probably 90% of those commitments will be broken. Uh, some of the more popular goals that will be set are gym membership, weight loss, uh, and other self-improvements. Most of them are centered around, for whatever reason, most New Year's resolutions are centered around uh, bettering ourselves or improving our lifestyles. And we want to do that because we want to have uh, I think, who's it? Is it Joyce Myers that does best life now? Who is it that does best life now? I can't remember. We, we want the best life now. You know? 
Sometimes uh, if we sit down and we be honest with ourselves and and we look at our lives, even even uh, as Christians, believers in the room, we live our lives like this is the only place we're going to ever live. You know, that's why it's important to us what kind of house we have, what kind of cars we drive and what kind of threads we wear. You know, that's important to us. You know, this life. But, but I think that our lives, in fact, I don't just think, I, I, I can look at the scripture and I can find that our lives, in fact, the one scripture I didn't prepare it to bring up this morning, but it speaks about our lives are more than just food and raiment. I think it was in James's epistle that he spoke those words. But, but our lives are more than that. When we go, if you would, to, uh, into this new year and we're living out our faith. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, a, a landmark, if you would, to us. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a spot in the trail on the, this pathway of life. It's a new year. It's new beginnings. We've heard all of that before. I'm not going to go through that again. But, but it's a new time to make a new decision. In living out our faith. So why are we here? Why do we exist? If you go to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43 in verses 6 and 7. The Lord said, I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created, and I want you to notice I I sort of highlighted that just a little bit, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So you and I exist, according to this scripture, for the glory of God. Now, there's other purposes in life, certainly, and, and there's other goals, and there's other achievements and other people in our lives, certainly. But, but in reality, you and I exist for the glory of God. And I think about Moses, and I think about the development of God through Moses, the ministry of God through Moses. And I begin to think about that. And, and, and just like Moses, we must have the presence of God in all of our doing. You see, the struggle was real for Moses. Not only did he struggle with a speech impediment, but it's, uh, it's evident that he was extremely understaffed in the department of self-confidence. Moses could have thought of dozens of other people that God could have chosen to carry forth his will and his purpose. He had all the excuses in, in the world. I almost said reasons. But I read a plaque one time at, out, out in Gatlinburg in one of those little shops back when they used to use routers and make those little cedar plaques. And I remember it very vividly. And then on that plaque was inscribed... Reasons are very few. 
while excuses are a dime a dozen. And we can think of all kinds of excuses of why we can't. But all the time, God's saying, you can. Why does God say you can? God says you can because he says that we were created for his glory. So if we limit God with all of our can'ts and all of our excuses, if we would be persistent in limiting God, then we are limiting God to displaying his glory like he desires to do through our lives. So, there's certainly no wrong in improving ourselves and and forming and shaping and polishing what we do and and developing new skills. Uh, I think all those things are wonderful and good as we fulfill our role to our Creator, to our Savior. But regardless of all that, we must have Him. There's no way you can be saved without Jesus. There's no way you can go to heaven without Jesus. There's no way that I can stand up here and proclaim the gospel without Jesus. There's no way the praise team can can sing or play the music without Jesus. You see, he is our equipper. He's our in, he is our enabler. He is our source. And the reason for that is because we're all created for his glory. The only way that we can feel this great commission that God has given us is through God himself. His I amness, if you would. Now, I amness, you won't find that in a dictionary. I made that word up. But when we go to Exodus chapter 3, and in Exodus chapter 3, I, I spoke about Moses. And, 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 and here we find God, if you would, giving uh, a call to Moses. And Moses is saying to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, well, what is his name? Well, what am I going to tell them then? Moses says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. I want to preach to you for the next few minutes about beholding the I amness of God. Every one of us in this room is in a war. Some of you may be veterans in this room, and and I, I know there's some of you that are, and I appreciate your service to this great country that we live in. I appreciate those that are serving now. But the war I'm talking about is not a war, a land war. It's not a, a war, if you would, between nations of this earth, but it's a war uh, that we wage against human frailty. The most self-confident person in this room has issues at times with human frailty. There are times that we will hesitate to do God's will because of feelings of inadequacy. 
That's what happened to Moses. I can't talk plain, God. Well, okay, if I, if I, if I go over there and talk to the Israelites and I say, they, they don't say, well, who sent you? What am I going to say? He, Moses was saying, I don't, I don't even know enough to say what's going on here. I don't even know enough to describe what's happening. Moses felt so inadequate to lead the children of Israel that what we find is he offered several excuses to God. Now listen, Moses was 85 years old when the fire appeared in the bush, the burning bush. He was saved, sanctified, and satisfied. Some of you older holiness people know what I say. We say, I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and far. Moses was saved, sanctified, and he was satisfied. And we talk, touched on this a little bit in, in our in our life group that Sarah and I were in this morning about how sometimes we can be in the place so long. We can be doing it so long. We know the gyrations. We know what to do. We know how to go through it. And we find ourselves in a uh, circumstance of perpetual satisfaction. Moses was on cruise control in the left lane of life. We got some visitors here from Ohio this morning. And Twyla, when she messaged me the other day, she says, it is okay if Ohio people come and, and to your service. I said, well, absolutely. I said, and she must have watched some of our services before. As long as you're not in the left lane with cruise control on, driving 50 miles an hour on 77, I'm okay with you being from Ohio. Moses was on cruise control in the left lane running 50 mile an hour. He was just out there riding and he's oblivious to everything that's going on. But God had something for him to do because God created for uh, created us in order that he may be glorified. Moses had to allow God to fulfill his inadequacies with his adequacy. And we have to get into the God concept here. The right concept of God is essential to serving the Lord with power, purpose, and proper perspective. If we don't, if, 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 if God is not bigger than we are, if God is not bigger than what we are facing, if God is not bigger than the, the dilemma of the world, we will never see God accomplish the things that he is wanting to do in earth. And when I say that, if God is not, it has to happen up here. It's not a mind over matter concept. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about digging in the word of God in faith believing and realize how big and how mighty God is. When he said, I am. I want you to understand this. The I am is neither the I am is not dependent upon anything else. Some people say, where did God come from? God didn't come from anywhere. The Bible says in the beginning was God. Everything comes out of his presence. God is self-existent. He doesn't have an origin, if you would. He's not dependent upon a source. Wycliffe said in his commentary that he is not an abstract existence, but an active manifestation of existence. God is God. 
Y'all remember that old, remember them old camp meeting songs we used to sing? God is God and he always will be God. He's God up on the platform. He's God back in the pew. He's God in the amen corner and he's God all over you. I know God is still God. God's in the church house here this morning, but God's also in the chicken house over in Scott Browning's backyard. He, he's God in Ohio. He's God in West Virginia. He's God in Virginia. God is God because He is God. He is the great I am. He's not some dysfunctional, dislocated, disoriented God that's unaware of what's going on. But He is sovereign in all of His being. That's who God is. He's the great I am. Meaning that from his vocabulary, I am is the God of the presence. God of right now, the present time. And, and, and in, in all of that, God, there is no past, there is no future, but God says there is only right now in me. I am the God that will fulfill everything in your life in this moment. We spend our lives worrying about what did happen, what could have happened, what didn't happen, or what might happen, what could happen, what might be possible, when all the time, if we would disallow our lives to be centered on right now, God, in this day, in this moment, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I choose to serve you in this day. I choose to serve you in this hour. And I will worship you for your omnipotent presence because you are God. I love the I amness of God. The I amness of God. I am speaks of his completeness, of his wholeness. Of his never failing. The classic story of him coming to getting to the tomb where Lazarus was, was, was wrapped in grave clothes and, and been entombed and, and everybody thinks he's shown up. He, he's four days late and, 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 and everything is lost. But, but, but God is still in control. He's still God. The I amness of God speaks of his supply. His supply is unlimited. His supply is, unli- is unending. You know, we, we can't comprehend that. I'm sorry, but as smart as all of us are in this room, we could combine all of our intelligence and all of our intellect together. And quite frankly, we, we can't comprehend eternity and we can't comprehend the limitless of who God is. You know, we're, we're used to running out of milk. We're used to having to put gas in the car or the truck. We're, we're, we're used to, to, uh, unless you're Carrie Hellman dollar, we're used to expiration dates on food. Carrie don't believe in them. We're, we're used, we're used to, to everything having its limitations. We're used to that, that, well, we're not really used to it, but some of us are facing up to the fact that time doesn't stand still and we're getting older. And we're, we're not used to an unlimited, without reservation, supply of anything. But God is that. He's unlimited. He, there is no, there is no limitations to what He can and will and provide in our lives. His I amness speaks of that unlimited and unending supply. 
Jesus identified himself in a 11, 11 different Jesus identified himself in 11 different administrations of I amness. I want you to behold the I amness of God. I don't talk fast. If you want these later, send me a text or something. I'll send them to you. The I amness of God shows up as the bread of life. The supply we need. John 6, 35, 41, and 51. The I amness of God is the bread of life. He is all of the substance we'll need. In John 8, 12, and in John 9 and 5, He is, I am is the light of the world. And where the light of the world exists, there is no darkness. You may think the world is dark. You may think the world looks bleak. But let me tell you, I am is still shining. And I am has not let go of this world. I am has a plan for this world. In John 10, verses 7 and verse 9, you find I am the door. Jesus said, I am the door. If anybody comes in by me, he can come in and have supper with me. If you're in West Virginia lingo, you can come in and have supper with me. I love the portrait. I love the painting of Jesus standing at the door because as he stands at that door and knock, there's not a knob on his side. The knob is on your side. It's on my side. And it's up to us to open the door and to let I am come into our life. I am in John 10 and verse 11 and 14. Jesus that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd it means he's not going to let one of his sheep perish. He's going to come. He's going to leave the ninety and nine. He's going to go into the cold. He's going to go into the darkness of night. And when he enters the darkness of night, there is no more night because I am is the light of the world. And he will come and he will pursue us in the darkness of night. He is, I am the good shepherd. In John 11 and verse 25, he is the resurrection for he said, I am the resurrection and we know that there the the paul wrote to the church at corinth i think or maybe in thessalonians uh, uh, Thessalonians, but paul wrote that if in this whole in this world alone is the only place that you have hope you are all people most miserable and understand this jesus is the hope of the resurrection I don't know, I wasn't there on the moment it happened, but a few years ago, Sarah and I were privileged to go to Israel, and I hope to go back again someday. Somebody said, Lord, ain't you scared to go over there? Not in the least. I'd go right now, to be honest with you, if we could go. uh, I wouldn't be worried about it at all. But we did walk in what is believed to be that tomb where Jesus was laid, and I've got news for you, it's still empty. It's still empty. There's nothing in that grave. There's nothing in that tomb. And I've got news for you. There is there is written account. There are written records of Jesus that was seen after the tomb became empty. Before he ascended to the right hand of God. So he said, I am the resurrection. And because we have hope of the resurrection, you and I have that same hope that we will not, this, we will not be buried in a grave and stay there forever. But because of the resurrection, we will rise again and we will forever be with our Lord. John chapter 14 and verse 6, he said, I am the way. I gotta be careful. I get hung up on my I am's here. He said, I am the way. You need to know, you say, I'm looking for direction in my life. Jesus said, I am the way. He said, I am the way. I'm the, the direction you need. Listen, you want to know how to be a Christian? It's easy to tell you how to be a Christian. Follow Jesus. 
don't do what you don't have to do what everybody else tells you to do. Just follow Jesus. If you follow Jesus, you'll find that he is the way. In John 14 and 6, he said, I also I am the truth. In John 14 and 6, also he said, I am the life. And in John 15, verses 1 and 5, Jesus said, I am the vine. And if you're not connected in the, if the branches are not connected to the vine, the branches will die. But Jesus said, I am the vine. In him you find life. In him you find strength. In him you find power. Then Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. He said, I am the offspring of David. And he said, I am the bright and the morning star. Mm. See, the I amness of God, it speaks of his greatness. It speaks of his glory. It speaks of his omnipotence, of his omnipresence and his omniscient being. The awareness of God speaks of, of who He is, that He is not dependent upon another source. He, the awareness of God speaks that He is infallible. And He is everlasting. But God said to Moses, I am that I am. Remember, that is my name. No matter what you or I are facing in life, for every outcry, for every tear, for every frustration that we have in life, there is really only one answer. We look to I am. God is the I am. He is. I want you to get this into your spirit. If we can begin to think in, in, in terms of beholding the I amness of God, when, when everything is going wrong in our life, as that we face the challenges of a new year, or we're, we're frustrated by the challenges of this year passing. When we consider the I amness of God, who God is when He says I am, when we, we say, God, I just need some help. He says I am. When He says, when we say, I need hope, I need some peace, I need some love in my life, he says, okay, I am. When we begin to ask this question, God, what, what, what really works? What, what is really true? He says, I am. What really lasts, God? What real, what really, what really holds on? What really lasts? He says, I am. I don't know what to believe anymore, God. I, I really just simply do not know what to believe. He says, I am. I'm not sure who my friends are anymore, God. I, I really, I really don't know who I can trust. He said, I am. Nobody's listening to me and nobody really cares. God says, I am. Here we go, life group peeps. I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know, don't, I don't know how to pray anymore, God. He says, I am. My home's crashing. I don't know where to turn. He says, I am. 
My kids are driving me crazy. I can't take it anymore. Hey, I'm still I am. I failed. What's going to happen? I am. I'm not even sure why I'm here. God says, I am. I have given and given and given, but it's never enough. God says, I am. I'm tired and worn out. I am weak. God said, I am. I'm not strong enough. But God says, I am. I'm discouraged. And I would just like to quit. But God says, no. Because I am. I'm desperate. I can't. To you, God is saying. But I still am the I am. Men's fail, men fail. Systems fail. Governments fail. Engines grow quiet. Computers will crash. There's all kinds of things that will happen in this world. I didn't say can happen. I said will happen. I don't mean to sound doomsday today, but we probably haven't scratched the surface yet of what may happen in our lifetimes. But I can promise you this one thing. No matter what comes or no matter what goes in this life, no matter what policies, no matter what government fails, no matter what what church may fail, no matter what leader may fail, no matter whether it's a political leader or even a church leader, no matter what comes or what goes in any of those things, I want you to know this and I want you to remember this as we finish this year. God says, I am that I am. Moses Moses said, I don't tell everybody who you are. God said, just tell them I am that I am. In other words, God's saying, just tell them I'm in control. I'll take care of things. They just need to trust me. So regardless of what is going on in our lives, regardless of what's going on in our world, regardless of what's going on in our church or our churches, listen, God still, I am that I am. If we will behold his I amness and realize who he is and what he is capable of doing and realizing that he cannot fail, I think we'll be able to have peace like a river in the midst of the turmoil. I believe what this book says. Well, I take that back. There's one part of this I don't believe. It's this part right here that says genuine leather. I'm not so sure about that. I'm not so sure. I might, it may be that faux leather, you know, or something. But it says bonded leather on this one. I'm not sure. I hope it's not in bondage, but it says bonded. But I, I don't know that I believe that. But everything else that's encased in here, let me tell you something. I believe it. 
I believe it and I trust God's word and I trust him in his I amness. And as those things around us fail, listen, God's name is who he is. God's name is who he is. It's what he is. He is the authoritative creator of the universe. He is I am that I am. And there's nothing that we will lack if we will trust him. So this year, as we're turning that page, and just a few hours from now, we're turning that page. By the way, if you want to turn some pages, we've got funeral home calendars out there in the Connect Center. We've got Swift Net calendars out there in the Connect Center. we got all kinds of calendars if you'd like a paper one. Just get one. No charge. It's your gift. But as we turn the page, flip over a whole new calendar here in just a few hours, I want you to understand this. Whatever's, whatever's still looming over you for 2023 or whatever you're going into for 2024, don't you ever forget that God is I am. Behold His I amness. In anything you face, take that mindset. Take that, take that mindset of faith on you that whatever you look at whatever you look at whatever you face in in, in the next 12 months of time whatever you've been facing this year you look at square and eye and you'll say you know what this might not look so good this may look rather bad this may be discouraging this may look hopeless but you know what god says i am and because he's i am i will be also because i am is why i'm here i am here for the purpose and the reason to glorify God. If you'd just bow your heads for me just a moment. One of the greatest ways to end this year. Now Sarah and I have some plans uh, later this evening. Of course it involves food. But later this evening, we're going to get, we get together with some friends and it's, it's going to involve food like hot wings and, uh, you know, and who knows, sausage balls and all kinds of good stuff like that. But right now we're, we're here in this room. It's just us. Remember our little slogan? We're, you're doing life together. And while we're planning on ending the year eating, Lord willing, there's even decisions that can be made in this moment. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is an excellent day. The page is about to flip on the calendar. You may have already made resolutions. Some of them broke before you even made them. But today is a special day that you can make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And accept Him as your Savior. Well, what if what if I can't do it? I've had people tell me that. What well, I, I, I get saved, preacher, but I'm afraid I can't do it. Don't worry about it. I am that's got it. Okay? Preacher, I'd, I'd like to wait a while longer, but I am, sis, today is accepted day. 
With your heads bowed and your eyes closed in this service this morning, I want to ask you a question. If you've never been saved, or if you've if you've drifted far away from where you once were with God, and you would like on this last day of 2023, without embarrassing you, I won't. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to call you out. But if you would like to change your circumstance in your life, if you would like to commit your life to the Lord or rededicate yourself, would you slip up your hand real quick and say, pray for me, Pastor. Real quick, anybody in this room? Thank you. Number of hands have been raised. Number of hands have been raised. Because of the number of hands that's been raised in this place, this is what I'll ask us to do. And we're just home folks here. We're all together. You know, we, we, we're just doing life together. I, I, I want you to just come on down as many as we will. Everybody that can and will. Just come on down here towards the front and we're going to have a season of prayer. I think that's a good thing in this as we exit this year, Lord willing. Makes me think of, I was telling some of the young ladies back there a little earlier this morning, uh, uh, you know, about how old I was. I, I remember when Y2K, I was pastoring a little church up in Grayson County, Virginia. And when Y2K was occurring, and we had a watch night service. Any of y'all heard of watch night service? That's what they used to call them. That means you stay up all night and watch for the new year to come in. Well, in that... uh those of you that are old enough to remember Y2K, everything was supposed to shut down. Computer systems shut down, subways shut down, stores shut down. Everything it was it was the it was it was a, the apocalypse was coming at the strike of midnight on Y2K. We had that watch night service up at that little church up in the mountains of far south or uh, southwestern Virginia, right on the border of North Carolina. Such a crowd. It was just a small church. We couldn't seat but about 75 people. But there there was about 150 people in service that night. We had old Redback hymnals stacked up. And we had people sitting on Redback hymnals. And we were going to pray in the new year. And man, everybody in that room was praying. Sinners and saints alike. The spirit of mischievousness sort of begin to grip my heart that happens to me every every once in a while i'll operate in the gifting of mischievousness and i thought what if i would go back there right now while everybody's in intense prayer and we're 30 seconds away from midnight wonder what would happen if i went back there and threw the main breaker it would have been mass repentance, I can tell you that. But you know what? We don't have to wait on an apocalypse. We don't have to wait on the end of the world. We're, we get to stand in the presence of Jehovah God. We get to stand in the presence of I am. And we can just say, Lord, we recognize you as I am. But Lord, here I am. And I need the I am to take care of I am. And we surrender everything in our hearts and our lives to Jesus. So right now, if you raised your hand this morning, one of those people, and you need to surrender your heart to Jesus, just right now, just go ahead as the rest of us join with you and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. Lord, just take me and use me. Lord, right now, here I am. Lord, just receive me unto you. 
Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my trespasses. I accept your, your, your price in blood. I accept the sacrifice of the cross. Lord, and I believe in an empty tomb. I believe that you are a resurrected Savior. Lord, so right now, just receive me just as I am. Without one plea, Lord, I come to you. And Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you in your I amness of having everything I need. Lord, your suffice for me. There is nothing lacking in you. God, you will meet my every need. Spiritually, physically, financially. Whatever I'm in need of, God. God, you will meet my need because you are I am. So I give you myself in order that you may rule and reign in my life. And I accept that in faith, Lord, right now. In Jesus' name. And God, as we go into this year, God, as we, as we go forward into 2024, if you tarry your coming a few more hours, God, I just believe, Lord, that you're going to bring revival to the land. I believe, Lord, that your people, Lord God, are going to rise up. Lord God, and we, Lord, are no longer going to be a, we're not going to be hit under a bushel any longer. But Lord, we will be like a city set upon the hill. And our light is going to shine. The light of Jesus is going to radiate out of the life of the church. Not just this church. Not just this assembly. But God, out of your people. Lord, I believe for a stirring. I believe for a revival in the camp in 2024. I believe, God, that the church is going to awaken out of her sleep. And out of her slumber. And I believe, Lord God, that we are going to see the, your light drive out darkness. We're going to see your light, Lord, vanish, Lord God, the nighttime. And Lord, we're going to see revival take place, Lord, not only in West Virginia, but into all the world. Lord, we, Lord God, believe that you're still God. We believe that you're still the I Am. We believe that you, Lord God, are still our Lord and our Savior. And you have never lost your power. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.